Welcome to the Chamber's Elevated Conversations podcast. And now, your host, Brian Otten. Hi, this is Brian Otten, Marketing Director at the Greater Wassa Chamber of Commerce. I was behind the camera for this interview, which was performed earlier this month with a finalist for the uh, 2022 Athena Awards. Enjoy. Good morning. Uh, my name is Mindy Happy. I'm the 2020 Athena Young Leadership recipient. And I am here with 2022 uh, nominee for the Athena Young Leadership, uh, Olivia Hill. So, hi. I'm so happy to meet you. So if you want to just tell everyone a little bit more about you, where you are working, and just more about yourself. Sure. So, um, me in a nutshell, I am currently the Executive Director of the Wausau Conservatory of Music, which is where we are today. Um, and But before coming here, um, I have I moved here actually in 2019, right before COVID, lucky me. And I used to live in Colorado, and I did a couple various things back there, like working for a music festival and being the education director there, working for an outdoor environmental education institution, um, and a couple things like that. And I actually, uh, I would say in my past life, I am a cellist, and um, I did that for my undergrad, and then I realized that I wanted to be in business and share and share the love and passion for music uh, from the business perspective instead of the performance perspective. It was just such a better outlet for me. So I went back to school and I got a master's in arts administration at Florida State University. So that was kind of, I guess, uh, a backwards view of, of a little bit about me. Um, and uh, I, my husband and my daughter, I have a six-year-old daughter, we moved here, like I said, in 2018. And um, we're loving it. It's fabulous. We love the life here. Good. Is your family all musically inclined as well? Uh, yes, but in different <laughs> ways. You know, I, for example, I am that traditional music reader. If you put a music in front of me, I can read it and play it. My husband is more of like the electric guitar, been in a band for, um, and can play by ear kind of guy. I am not like that. And my daughter does play. Uh, she takes guitar lessons here at the conservatory, and I am so proud because she is rocking it. Uh, really well here. Good. So yeah, good. What have you liked? I think because I know everyone's like, oh, you got back to Florida, you went to Colorado. Yeah. Now you're in good old Wisconsin. I know my first comment was like, why Wisconsin? Even though we love Wisconsin, but right. you know, what is the coolest thing that you've found since you moved here to Central Wisconsin? Um. Yeah, because you're right. I grew up in Florida. I'm from Miami originally, so I consider myself like a city person at heart. And then being in Colorado, I lived in the mountains and I worked at a ski resort basically. Um, but life in Wisconsin is so attractive for a family. I'm, and I know a lot of people believe this, but it's so family friendly. And I always say my daughter is living her best life right now. And that is the most beautiful thing for me. And, and in addition to that, there's still uh, a vibrant community in, in the arts. I was very surprised to see that the conservatory was here in Wausau and that was very attractive to me and my family that there was such a vibrant, uh, like I said, community arts organization here in this size town. It's very rare. Um, and, and there's still opportunity, I guess. Um, and even though, don't get me wrong, we miss the mountains of Colorado. It was so beautiful, the best place to live. Um, you don't get the same kind of professional and personal opportunity that you can get here, especially if you're not uh, a multimillionaire out there. And so here we were able to just take advantage of so many fabulous opportunities 
Um, my kid goes to a, an amazing school here, a public school, and we love that. Um, we love that we can feel confident in the public school system that she can go to. She also takes dance, guitar lessons, she's at the, the children's theater. So what, what, what can I ask for? It's great. It's very wholesome. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Good. Well, we're glad you're here. Yeah. <laughs> Everything you to our community. Um, I'll just jump into some questions and we'll keep it going. Yeah. Uh, can you share an example of a time you advocated fiercely for yourself, another person, or a cause? Yeah, I um, I feel like in the career path that I've chosen in specifically nonprofit and in the arts, I've actually sometimes feel like my whole life is committed to advocacy, um, not just in my personal volunteering that I do a lot of as well, but every single day I think about, about what can I do to further our mission, our passion, my mission and my passion, and make the community better. So I'm really blessed to be able to have a leadership position here at the conservatory where I can make things happen kind of like that. And my board and my staff trust me that I can do that. So for example, through the conservatory, um, you know, I think from the outside, a lot of people think that music and music education, especially here, is something where you come and take lessons or you sit and listen to a performance. But, but I believe that Music and arts has a place in, in social service, actually, where we can reach so much beyond uh, beyond performance and, and a sit and listen experience. So for example, when uh, COVID first hit, and obviously there's that huge shift for everybody, and our business as well, I sat down and I thought to myself, what, how can we be a part of the growing gap and the need here in the community? So. Um, in, in the fall of 2020, I developed a program called Musical Storytime, for example, where we work with the children in Marathon County Head Start program. It's about 170 kids, and they're all at or below the federal poverty line. They are homeless or foster kids in that program. It is an awesome program. And we provide, every month, a faculty member goes in and virtually at first, now in person, she, she reads a story to them. It sounds really simple, but it's impactful because she reads a musical story, she plays her violin or viola, and they're listening, and they turn their listening ears on. And music is such a beautiful pairing with literacy. And we talk about social-emotional learning also within the book. And so, like I said, music is not just a sit-and-listen example, the, the ability to, to make huge, impactful change through the arts is, is what we do and everything that I am trying to do here. So advocating for that population, advocating for equal distribution of musical wealth within our community mm -hmm. to rise everybody up and create a really culturally vibrant and exciting place to live. I mean, I come here because I think it's an exciting place to live. And so I'm gonna just, I'm gonna bump that up as much right. as I can <laughs> so that we can expand that and bring more people here to do that. No, it's very true and I think just you know, the music I listen to is like what feels my emotional sense at that time. Yeah. So I think for the little ones too, just to educate, but also inspire them knowing yeah. you know, how they can feel differently. Exactly. And, and you know, a lot of those kids, the director told me that that program is the first time they've ever heard either classical music, and not that we always play classical music, but that's the only time they've heard it. And that's the first time they've ever heard a live musician play ever. Mm -hmm. and, and it's so, um, it opens their eyes a little bit. Even they're only three years old, but the excitement that they have, and my goal is, at the end of that program, every single kid this year, I'm really happy because it's grown, 
This year, every single kid will take that book home. So we're buying all 170 kids, eight books each. They take the book home, and our goal is that they sit down with a parent, grandparent, guardian, somebody important to them, and they say, they tell them what happened. They bring the book, and they tell their, their guardian, guess what I learned today? I heard a violin. Look at the story that we read. And so now we're creating that connection of literacy along with the musical experience. So it, there's just so much power in the ability of the arts um, to, to be able to, like I said, advocate and rise up for our entire community. And um, gosh, that's just one of the billions ideas that, that I have. <laughs> so. Well, we're excited to see the next comes you know, from you. But no, it's, it's exciting because it's knowing the emotional connection and being able to share and express. Yeah, so very exciting. No, Thanks. Good. Um, and can you share an example of how you've acted courageously? Yeah, um, this one is a, a, a very personal story to me. So um, a few years back, before we moved to Wisconsin, I had interviewed for a job for an executive director position with a theater company. And um, after a fairly long and rigorous interview process, uh, I was told that I would not receive the position because uh, I would be too busy uh, taking care of my one-and-a-half-year-old daughter. And uh, not only were they fiercely wrong, but uh, that was also kind of illegal. <laughs> and, and what came out of that um, for me was really three things. Um, one is that the saying is what, uh, uh, living well is the best revenge. And so I feel like today we I've risen to that challenge, and I was like, nobody can tell me that, I, you know. And now I, I work here, and I feel like I do wonderful, beautiful things. Um, I'm sad that I couldn't have done it there, but yeah, I, I'm living my best life. And um, number two, the thing that I really learned um, coming out of that is that nobody can tell me what's important in my life and what's not. Nobody can can decide that for me. Um, nobody should decide that for me. And there is no weakness in prioritizing your family and your life. Mm -hmm. And prioritizing your family and your life strengthens your professional career and the place that you work and everything that you do there. And so it helped me recommit to that for myself and, and really kind of do some soul searching and say, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to level up in this situation. Um, and then the third thing that I really learned from that was um, that as a leader here at the conservatory, I will never do that to anybody that works for me or here at the conservatory family. I never want anyone to feel like that. And so I model, I do whatever I can to model that behavior and let everybody here, I, there's 24 staff people that work here, um, let everybody know that their personal lives are important and we appreciate them and we appreciate the time and service and the, the incredible minds that they provide here but they are human beings and um they they what they have in their life matters and we're going to support that personal life here through the work and so that that's what i really uh learned through that experience and so while it was really unfortunate um we have a saying here at the conservatory sometimes it's hard to level up that's what we say here, but but when you level up, it, it's life changing, and that was really a memorable moment for me. Yeah, and if you can't do it, you know, it's like it's just, it's always what do they say? When times get tough, it means you're 
learning and growing to yeah. be able to take that next step. And I think you're really providing a great opportunity from many different ways. Yeah, thank you. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and can you share an example of a time you brought another woman into leadership position on a project or a cause, and what did you learn about that experience? Yeah. So one of the most favorite things that I'm a part of right now is um, there's a group, a nonprofit group called Impact 100 Greater Wausau in the community. Um, in short, it's a group of 100 plus women who get together, donate um, their funds collectively to a nonprofit. Uh, and typically, the, non the winning nonprofit gets over $100,000. Excuse me. They get $100,000. So we get a transformational grant for a, non a local nonprofit here in Maritime County. So um, being a part of that group, I've been a member now on my third year. I have been in the Finance Resource uh, Committee now for two years, and I've been the treasurer of the board. I'm going on my second year now. Um, so specifically, um, one of my really nerdy loves is nonprofit finance. And um, I, I, I find that my love of nonprofit finance and business management, actually, I bring that to the table every time we have the meetings. And what I do is, um, and my goal is to be able to simplify the financial picture of not only the nonprofit itself, but all of the grants that we're reviewing. And in those grant committees, when I share that financial information, even though it's not a very sexy thing to talk about, what it does is all the women in the group who are reviewing the grants, they feel empowered now to make decisions. Mm -hmm. It's really difficult sometimes to make a decision when you don't have the full financial picture and the implications and you can't answer those questions. Um, so really, I always say financial knowledge is, is powerful. It's really, especially in nonprofit world. So I, I, I have had many women tell me like, I am so glad that you brought this financial, just very simple idea of what we're looking at financially because then I felt secure enough to make a decision. And, and within that group, those women who are a part of the hundred plus women uh, who are part of that group, it's while we're providing the grant funds, it's also about empowering the women to learn about the nonprofits in our community, to take the role of being on a grants review committee and really taking ownership of that. And so it's, it's not a single woman that, that I think I'm supporting per se, and there are other people working on this project with me. I by no means take all the credit, there are fabulous people, women working on it. But, but it empowers a large group of women, like I said, to make transformational change. And they can advocate them for the decisions that they make and the nonprofits they're supporting. And so it's, it's just this uh, beautiful community uplifting experience that, that I'm really uh, proud to be a part of. So like I said, not very sexy to talk about nonprofit financials, but, but it really it empowers so many people to make those huge confident changes. Yeah, a lot of it's just education. Yes. So yeah, so financials, yeah, it's sexy and not sexy. <laughs> but it's all about educating, so it encourages and enables people to make proper choices yeah. and get educated and inspire others to do other yeah. good things within the community besides themselves. You got it. And, and I've also seen that, um, I used to be the treasurer of a board for a daycare. Um, and when I got there, uh, I was able to finally put the finance together in a meaningful way and start forecasting for the business. And because of that, um, for the first time ever, the board felt confident enough to approve health insurance for the daycare workers for the first time in 20 years. Um, that's the power of financial knowledge and being able to simplify that information. Um, and 
And so that, those are those are the kind of things that uplift people, especially on that and those leadership roles. Like for example, and, and of course, health insurance for our daycare workers is is key. And that that daycare had a list of 800 kids on the waiting list. So you can see why retention yeah. and all of those services, once again, are just so important. So it's it's kind of like a trickle down effect a little bit. Oh, yeah, able absolutely. to empower the top leadership. Yeah. Well, thank you for doing that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I see anything. Can you share an example of how you serve others in our community? Yeah. I know um, a lot already. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Sure. Um, I, I, um, I always overcommit myself in one way or another, so I'm always a part of a lot of things. Um, so, I, like I mentioned, I was on a board of a, a daycare for about three years. I did that, um, and I was the treasurer for a little bit. I used to be also on the advisory committee for a group called Summit Music and Arts, which is a, a musical performance um, organization. Um, and then, like I said, I'm also uh, on the Impact 100 Greater Lhasa uh, board here. I also, for a while, um, I've interned so many. I, I mentored and had interns for so many students, and that's been really beautiful because I still am in touch with so many of them and watch them and mentor them through their career as they kind of go into college and, and make those really life-changing decisions. Um, so that's been exciting. Um, in addition, I've worked with the uh, University of Oshkosh. Uh, there's a group called Students for Music, and that group, uh, books, the, the music uh, activities and concerts and touring artists for the university. And so I worked with them for a while and I mentored them and I would actually uh, was their volunteer booking agent. In my past life, I was a booking agent also <laughs> for musical concerts and touring bands. So um, that's a hard world to learn. And so I did a mentorship and then uh, I would work directly with the president of that group who was uh, usually a young, beautiful uh, female leader. And I worked with them. And then uh, next year, I have already committed myself because, like I said, I can't not <laughs> overcommit myself. Um, I've already committed myself to a um, uh, them being a mentor. I, it's called like the Youth Philanthropy Program with the Community Foundation here. Okay. So I've already committed myself to being a mentor for that program. Um, so. Uh, I, I uh, can't stop, won't stop, and that's that's right. <laughs> you need to wear a t-shirt that says. Can't stop, won't stop. Yeah, we're at the work ceremony. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So no, and it's good that you're connected with the King of Foundations. I know they do a lot of great things for yes, yeah, Wasa area. So they're fabulous, and there's fabulous <laughs> people that work there and love this community. So we're yeah. lucky to have them too. Yeah. So if you ever get the t-shirt, I want one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe more. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, well, that was all my questions for today. I had such a great time just getting to know you and what you do for our community. So, thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for having um, me. Yeah, it's such a pleasure. <laughs> and congratulations on the nomination. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. I look, I look forward to uh, the event in a few weeks. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Olivia and Mindy. Uh, that was a fantastic interview. Uh, as a reminder, the Athena Awards will be held on Wednesday, November 9th. It's a lunchtime event. This podcast episode is a production of the Greater Wausau Chamber of Commerce.